0: Good afternoon. Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast brought to you by the Del Norte County Unified School District and Del Norte County Office of Education. My name is Jeff Harris, and I'm the superintendent of schools for Del Norte. And today, um, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about um, uh, situations that I think cause a lot of anxiety amongst parents and within our community, um, but that don't necessarily have to. Um, We're going to talk about incidents that occur at schools within the community that might cause us to have to close schools, to lock down schools, to um, respond in other ways, and how parents and our community members can actually help make those, um, those times of anxiety a little safer for our students and our staff. So joining me today are Jeff Napier. He's the Assistant Superintendent for Business Services. Good afternoon. And Jeff actually, um, his, his part of the whole school business uh, oversees safety, um, uh, facilities, just a, a variety of different responses, including school safety plans. And also joining me is uh, Michael Hawkins. And Michael is our um, Public Information Officer and Director of Communications. Thanks for having me. So we just kind of really want to start off today. And so, guys, let's talk a little bit about incidents. So um, I think one of the things that people hear in the news quite a bit um, is school shooter, right? I mean, there have been some pretty extreme examples of that uh, for years now. Um, And it seems to be happening more frequently in parts of the country. Um, and, and we definitely have plans for that. We have different ways of responding, but those aren't the only incidents that we've responded to. So, um, between the three of us sitting around the table, we've responded to a lot of incidents. What, what are some incidents that, that you've had to respond to in your roles?
1: Well, uh, when I was vice principal at the high school, we actually had to, um, shelter in place and locked down the campus because there was a report of a person walking towards the school with a gun. So the police immediately locked down for everybody's safety. It turned out that the person was actually carrying a cordless drill down the street, <laughs> uh, but the police had to check it out. So That's they right. made sure that everybody was safe. And uh, so we locked down for about 10 minutes and then we were back in.
2: Yeah, we deal with a lot of incidents, and a lot of times it can feel as if there is a real situation at hand, and everyone takes the following steps to ensure student safety, but when we get to the end of it, it can be something like a student behavioral issue, or it can be something like someone may be on site who who we weren't expecting to be on site, whether it was a group of adults who got lost or made their way into the back of our high school parking lot or something along those lines.
0: Well, and, and I mean, we I've even been in schools where we've locked down because a mountain lion's been walking through the gully behind the school, right? Uh, but but that's not the only – those aren't the only kind of incidents. I mean, um, Jeff, it was just a few years ago, I think. It was the first time in a long time that we'd had to close because uh, that. remember when that big wind whipped through here and just knocked down branches and trees and everything else? And, and the Office mm-hmm. of Emergency Services – actually asked us to keep vehicles off the road, right? Correct. So a lot of different types of incidents, um, and now with even the heightened awareness of fentanyl use and drug overdoses, we even have incidents that several years ago, I I think would not have maybe raised eyebrows, you know, a student with a medical issue who had a, um, a seizure on campus. Now that that same incident occurs, and immediately, people say, "Was it drug related?" Right? I mean, with with no real understanding of the circumstances, and and that's happened what, Mike, three, four times so far this year already, maybe more. Around that, yeah, yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit because again, this this is all kinds of stuff. I mean, we're talking power outages, we're talking um, water water main leaks. Jeff, I think we've even had to cancel school or at least postpone school when we've had um, well pumps go out
1: because you can't flush the toilet. Yeah, we, we still actually have a couple of schools that are on wells, and if power outages, if we don't have the emergency generators down there to run the uh, the wells, then we have to close school.
0: So when that when that kind of stuff happens, and Michael, I I know we've really pumped up a lot of our communications effort and Jeff yep. we were we were really doing a lot during covid what are all of the venues that people have available right now to get information or what what do we use to get information out in the event of some incident whether it's a localized on a school site whether it's district wide whether it's county wide how can how do we get
2: information out to folks so we have, a, we have a number of communication channels that we use when we're sending out information. Uh, when, when we're in the middle of a crisis, we really find ourselves leaning heavily on our robocalls and our text messages as some of our main direct-to-parent communication channels. Those are some of our primary channels that we use. But we also have our district app that we use that when people download it on their phone, it does give them access to push notifications. Any messages we send out during those times will go directly to parents' phones as well. So other than that, there's a number of supplemental communication channels that we use. Uh, our district website is something people should always go to look at during an emergency if they don't know what's going on. Our information will be posted right there. We share information with our, with our local communication partners like the radio should something need to be shared on the radio say if there's a power outage or we need to share some information it's difficult to we might we might also add it on the radio and of course there's social media so so when you you talk about radio i i was just on with uh
0: both uh, kpod and KCRE this morning and um that's one of the I think first avenues that we do. If we're looking at closing a school, or if we're looking at uh, a district-wide event, um, Jeff, you're usually really good at getting a hold of me really early in the morning, <laughs> um, and then that's one of the first stops we make, right? And then Michael, when when we get notified that something is happening, where's the first place that we post that information
2: typically? So the first place that someone can go look and find that information right. is going to be our website. So if they've not already gotten a call, if they've not already gotten a text, yep. it will be right there on the front page of dnusd.org. Okay. So
0: if if I run into the radio station and say, hey, we have a power outage at school X um, or district-wide, uh, kind of like what happened a while back, right? Buses are running, nutrition services was up, school as normal. Um, the very first thing that should happen after that or near that is that phone call. Correct? Correct. And then if people say, well, I heard about it on the radio, or I got a phone call and somebody says, I didn't, they can go to the website.
2: Right. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, we do get a lot of people who said that they didn't get the call and they didn't get the text too. And that's a whole different issue in general.
0: Yeah. Well, so let's talk a little bit about that because every time we talk to folks, it's, it's important that we have the right contact information. Correct. And because if that phone number is wrong,
2: we can't do any of this, right? Or email. Yeah, that's the most important thing. Uh, when reaching out to parents, being able to contact them directly, we can't do that if we don't have their phone number in their student record. Uh, there is a large amount of parents who don't have an up to date uh, cell phone number or home phone number in their student's record when it comes to reaching out to them texting them, making emergency calls, we we can't do it. They often they often hear about it through social media, or they'll hear about it. They'll hear a story through social media that wasn't even from us. Mm-hmm. So it might be a story that has a bunch of misinformation in it, and it could cause parents to get even more even more concerned, even more anxious from what they hear uh, from these unreliable information sources. Right. So it's really important that parents make sure they call into their school, confirm that they are getting messages, especially if they have. Haven't received any this year
0: right well and and I think families can also jump onto Aries and they can look at their own contact information yep make sure that that's correct um, just as an aside if you do log into Aries you can also see your child's attendance and in the upper grades their grades so it's a good <laughs> thing to keep track of um, but making sure that we have correct phone numbers making sure that we have correct email addresses that's how you get notifications in a timely manner. And the other thing too is um, our folks can download the app and that app is linked directly
2: to the same system uh, that does some of our all calls, correct? Yep. When our messages go out to parents, if it's a call, if it's a text, it at the same time goes out directly to that app as well. So if you're somewhere where you might not have phone service, but you are on Wi-Fi and you have that app installed on your phone, You'll get a push notification uh, notification about the emergency.
0: Well, so just thinking about power outages. So at my house, when the power goes out, my phones don't work, right? right? So I've got my cell phone. Um I don't get the greatest signal in the world, but I get a little bit of a signal. And um, I'll get those. you know, I'll be able to I'll be able to text, I'll be able to get that kind of information. So I think it's really important that folks know that number one, if we have your information, we can do push notifications. Number two, if you download that app, now you've given us permission, or now now you're actually asking for that information to flow into your phone. Um, but you brought up something else too, and I think Jeff, this is one of the things we run into quite a bit, and that is misinformation that happens on social media actually can make situations at our schools worse.
1: Correct. Yeah. Uh, yes. For instance. Um... <laughs> Let's say that there was an incident at a school that and uh, the school had to go into shelter in place or into a lockdown for something. And parents uh, immediately, the first thing you want to do is you want to make sure your kid's OK. Right. And so you drive to the school. Well, if the school, if they're locked down, no one's going to be allowed in or out of the school. Uh, anytime that we're in lockdown, the sheriff's office, the police department are there. Um, Taking, contri- taking control of the situation, and no one will be allowed in. But what that does is it clogs up the uh, system with people there asking questions, taking time away from whatever was going on at the site. Right. Well, and potentially, potentially putting themselves at risk too.
0: Correct. Right. Yeah. And 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 making the whole scene a little less safe. Absolutely. For students and staff, um, I, I know that I responded to a, a threat at one of our schools, and when I got there, there were already um, a couple of uh, uh, Crescent City police on site along with Chief Griffin. And um, almost as soon as I got there, which was only, I believe, a minute and a half to two minutes after the initial call, um, we already started to have parents showing up. And they wanted to pull their children. And uh, again, I get it. You want your child to be safe, but they can't release, right? They have to make sure that there is no threat. And um, then you start getting people that congregate outside and now if in fact there were a shooter um things could get pretty bad pretty quick and, and and it interferes you know i mean there were several years ago where we had a bomb threat you remember the fun of that one oh yes. yes um and and quite honestly we had to release students to a different location um and our the the fire department came in and they actually blocked entry into the school um and even that um, that was before i think we had all this robust communication that we have now Um, and people were trying to go around the fire trucks i mean it was amazing to to
2: watch people go around first responders Um, in a real emergency it could be it could make it a catastrophe absolutely yeah and I'll just say that you have staff at schools who are busy dealing with various tasks that they need to during a crisis. When you have parents showing up or you have parents spam calling the office or their own children in a situation where if there was, say, an intruder and their child is trying to hide and all of a sudden their phone starts ringing down somewhere where it is in the hallway or whatever it may be, that's not something that's not a place you want to put your child in. You want to really depend on the experts, the law enforcement who are there to ensure safety and not try and take things into your own hands
0: well and and I think the other part of that is as people are showing up trying to protect their own you know, trying to protect their children, trying to support the 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 school, trying to support law enforcement. A lot of times people respond because they saw erroneous information um, on social media Yep. or um, they don't know what's happening. So let's talk about verified sources of information. So um, again, we've talked about our Facebook, our website, where we're going to put out things as soon as we can. Typically, if there's a situation going on. Jeff, you or I will be on site almost immediately, right? Correct. Um, But then Michael will get a hold of you or or Nikki and say, okay, we need to get this posted right now. Right. Sometimes, though, we do have to wait because law enforcement has asked us to, or we don't have a full um, understanding at that point of what's going on. True. But where have some of the biggest problems
2: been where people are getting bad information? So generally, the worst information—I'll just say it—comes on Facebook, and what happens is, for example, one of our previous uh, one of our previous lockdowns we had where it was a student behavioral issue that was being uh, managed. We also were, were trying to gather the information from uh, our school staff and law enforcement together in a concise, accurate post before we could do that there was a lot of information flying around on Facebook that there was a school shooting going on at the high school so right. that's just an example and there uh, was no firearm involved there was no nothing you're right everything was the, the kids were fine everybody the, the situation was was handled and managed the way it should have been right but when people go to Facebook and I get it people are worried i have kids so i know what's running through their heads when thinking oh my gosh like What's going on there, worst case scenario, the reality is, is it could just make it worse. It could just actually create an, a, a situation that might right. be a risk.
0: Well, it creates a different kind of panic, I think, in the community, right? Because Absolutely. Um, the police are talking to dispatch, the police are talking to one another, um, because we're there, we're, we're getting the information as quickly as we can from officers on the scene and whether we're working with uh, Crescent City Police, or Del Norte County Sheriff, or uh, Highway Patrol, or even um, Probation. We're saying, okay, what can we put out? How can we how can we get information out to the families? And we're doing it in the f- most um, I, I, I want to say responsible, fastest way that we can, uh, while we're telling people as much as we know at that point in time. And I, I know some of the frustrations we get sometimes. Are well, you're not giving us information fast enough. I don't think there's anything faster than a concerned child trying to get a hold of a parent or vice versa. right right? So we're never going to beat that phone call from a class from a cell phone home
2: right. And just to add on to that, kids also don't have a lot of information as to what's going on in a lot of these events. Right. So they can effectively scare their parents half to death as well. Oh, and yeah. It, with these quick texts.
0: Right. Well, I've even I've even been in situations before where we've had lockdown drills um, where it, it can be a trigger for some students. It can be a trigger for some parents, right? And sure. so um, that's sometimes why we say, hey, this is just a drill. And other times we run the drill because people do need to be prepared for those emergencies. Right. So... Again, I, I just want to stress where we are right now. And that is, you know, we respond to a ton of different incidents every year. Um, and again, that can range from freezing cold to smoke to power outages to lockdowns to um, whatever. Um, we have a lot of different ways that people can access information. We'll go over those again just right at the tail end of this. Um, and we want to make sure that you're not getting bad information by going to social media. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Jeff, just before we started this, we were talking about what are some of the very first initial steps that families and community members can take uh, or not take in order to keep the situation as
1: manageable and as safe as possible. I think uh, Michael had kind of touched on him. If you, if you hear that something is going on at a school site, I would... Don't just trust what gets posted on Facebook immediately that a lot of times that isn't what I, what is actually going on. Uh, check the district website. See if you've been contacted. Don't just rush to the site, um, you know, to try to pull your student out or something,
2: because, you know, it, it just may not work. Right, right. Don't spam don't spam your child or the school uh, with the phone calls um,
0: however, it, I would say they could call the district office right four six four six one four one absolutely and um, those calls get routed through a number of people here, and we will that's one of the first things we do is we say if people call, this is what you need to tell them right now
2: absolutely, and ultimately wait for communication updates from the district, which can lead into are you getting those updates from the district? Are you getting direct contact? Do you have your updated contact information? So, you know, if you want to be sure that you are going to get this information because you haven't been seeing it come through this year, call your school, check your student's record, download our app, and, you know, familiarize yourself with our website, dnusd.org, and follow us on social media.
0: Yeah. So, again, I just want to stress that if we have your correct information and just through that system alone, there is an email, there's a text, there's a phone call. We even have an RSS feed that people can subscribe to. It pushes out to Twitter and it goes to Facebook. Yep. Um, Then if you choose to, you can download the app. You can get information on the app. You can subscribe to individual schools or the district and the district um, to get information that way. And then I would also really, really, really recommend that everyone check law enforcement Facebook pages and um, just, you know, just really make sure that you're getting the right information at the time. Um, our job initially is to keep everybody as safe as we can. The second part of our job is once we know that everyone's safe is to let you know what the situation is. And then like Jeff was saying, um, set up an opportunity for you to come check on your child, to pick up your child, um, or whatever it is that you feel you need to do or whatever needs to be done at that particular point in time. So um, again, we, did not get into all of the explicit plans that each school has for a fire, for earthquake, for tsunami, for active shooter, for um, intruder, for any number of things that happen. Um, every school site, Jeff, has a school safety plan that they
1: follow. Correct. And a crisis response plan.
0: And how often do they update those? Uh, yearly. yearly. And they're in the, they'll are in they be in the process right after the new year of starting the next one, correct? Correct. So if you want to be part of that, um, check in with your child's school site council. Uh, they're responsible for reviewing those plans, for approving those plans. Um, and then just know that we share these plans with local law enforcement. They have access to our facilities. They have access to anything they need. Um They've, they're great partners, and we really appreciate all the work that that they do. And we appreciate everything that you as family members and community members do um, to help keep our schools safe. If you see something that's not safe, or you have a question, um, how can they reach out and talk to somebody, Jeff?
1: Uh, depending on what it was, I obviously talk to the principal first. Um, you can always call me at my office at 464-0202. And I can put I can deal with it or put you in touch with our district safety coordinator, depending on what kind of a safety issue it would be.
0: Because, yeah, again, th- this can range from anything from a slip and fall hazard to something much, much bigger. Right. Correct. So, gentlemen, thank you for your time this afternoon. Um, again, Michael, if they need to update their contact information, how do they do
2: that? they can call their individual schools. And I also just want to throw out there that anybody who wants to learn more about our processes, they can visit dnusd.org crisis, and that's going to have some resources for how we operate in these in these types of events.
0: Wonderful. And for everybody out there, I want to point to one more community resource. It's called Everbridge. It's a reverse 911. So in the event of a community-wide crisis or, or event... You can get a reverse 911 of something that would be impacting you at your specific location. So, um, again, thank you, gentlemen. Thank Thank you. you.